a scientific greeting to you, colleagues. Welcome to the Cabinet of Fever Dreams. Tonight, a tale of stolen phones, pawn shops, and eggs. An Ecosystem of Sticky Fingers was originally released on the 25th of March 2022 and read to you tonight by Nicholas Allen with musical backing by Jar of Flies, Dark Side of Music, and Kevin McLeod. This story belongs to a collection of tales about Professor Egghead. To stay up to date, make sure to drop by here over the next couple of weeks as more connected stories release. New episodes of The Cabinet of Fever Dreams come out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. With all that out of the way, make the swap and don't tell us so. Officially, the store has a no stolen shit policy. After some nasty business last year, my boss established a no stolen shit policy, and that provided a lovely hole in the market. People would come in with something sketchy, I'd tell them no. They'd make a fuss, I'd tell them no again. And then I would lowball them, discreetly, out of my own pocket. No negotiation. Quick handover. Goods go under the counter, and the slideshow that is the security camera is none the wiser. I tell my friends my inventory, they tell their friends my inventory. Clean house by the end of the week. Nice little ecosystem of discount goods and sticky fingers. No prying eyes, no complaints. That is, until today. So there's this guy, a kid really, a couple of steps out of high school who comes in on the regular, doesn't seem like a junkie and doesn't seem particularly broke, brings in phones and laptops that look just about new. I lowball this kid, like really lowball him, and he never bats an eye. Figured he's just some college boy who gets a kick out of stealing his friend's shit. The money for him was just the cherry on top of an adrenaline rush Sunday. I didn't have to invest too much to turn a profit with him. He's probably lifting this shit off his classmates, so I figure it's a limited time offer. No one heists from the same spot forever, so I go all in. It's good money. I buy the stuff for a penny from the kid. My cousin cracks and clears whatever comes through overnight and someone buys the merch by the next afternoon. I was pretty sure the guy was going to get caught eventually, but I didn't expect it to happen the way it happened. He stumbles in last morning, reeking of booze and sweat. Kid's huffing like an emphysema case, and his skin is the color of drywall but he's still patient. He puts an iPhone on my counter. No cover, brand new. I point to the stolen goods sign for the benefit of the camera, and then we make the swap. Kid looks like he's about to pass out. I ask him if he's all right. He says yes, takes his cigarette money, and shuffles out into the daylight. I work in a pawn shop. I meet all sorts, usually bad sorts, on a regular basis. I decide the kid is none of my business and get back to work. The phone, as advertised, is factory new. I still figure I'll chuck it to my cousin for a proper clean, but I hit up the group chat with the information. Some musician stumbles into the shop with a twinkle in the eye and with his loan and interest in hand. I deal with that for like 10 minutes. Then I check the group chat again and see that there's been a bite on the offer. Apparently a friend of a friend is already on her way. I clarify the phone won't be available until the following day, it's not clean yet. The group chat tells me I should have written back sooner. The buyer is already on her way. No way to cancel now. She has no phone. Before I have a chance to respond, this thoroughly caffeinated chick comes in. She's in a rush, she says. She needs the phone real quick. I tell her to come back tomorrow. She throws a fit. She doesn't have time, she says. Something something late gas payment. Something something can only pay with an app on the phone. Something something might get evicted if not paid by noon. The energy the woman brings into the store is the sort of shit that draws attention. She's making a scene. I cut her rant short. And I take out the phone and quote the price. She agrees. There's no thank you. Shop descends back into silence. The phone is no longer my problem and I've made a fourfold profit. 
I consider the situation resolved and carry on with my day. But don't think about the phone once until the following morning. Opening shift. I'm on my own. The moment I get behind the counter, the door opens and in walks this nightmarish parody of the human form. The guy is huge and weird and shaped like a watermelon. His skin is the shade of terminal grey and his eyes look like filthy marbles. Stretched out across his paunch is a filthy lab coat far too small for him. The man looks a complete lunatic. A merry morning to you. Has an iPhone of dubious ownership made its way into your emporium? In any circumstance, I would play dumb. I am good at playing dumb. But the moment the giant opened his mouth, I knew I was going to tell him exactly what he wanted to know. That shrill voice made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. The guy's teeth looked like sharpened crooked daggers. He had the constitution of a filthy sumo wrestler. I wasn't going to take my chances. I told him about the kid. The boy does not interest us. He has been taken back to class. <laughs> the overweight street scientist laughed as if he had said a joke. The guy's breath smelled like sulfur. I immediately found my finger sliding over the emergency robbery button. What interests us is whether the phone was sold to someone else. Yes, I choked out without the slightest hesitation. Good. The giant said. We are... Please. Then turning around on his heel like a rotating planet, he wobbled his way out of the shop. I'm still shaking. I'm hoping that whatever was wrong with that guy isn't contagious, and I'm really hoping that I never have to see him again. A part of me wants to get in touch with the girl who bought the phone and warn her, but I don't want to get any deeper into this mess than I have to. Needless to say, if you have sticky fingers, be real careful about who you lift from. No idea where the kid is now, but I presume it's nowhere good. You'd do best to make sure you're not stealing from someone the size of a horse. Also, if you do manage to come into possession of some misappropriated goods, don't come to me. I'm sticking to a new no-stolen-shit policy. The Cabinet of Fever Dreams is written and produced by Mike Jesus Langer and is brought to you by patrons such as Moo, Serafina L, Lucky J. Horton, Kus, Bob Condurk, Chicken Mixer, Daniel Wengel, Mr. Creepypasta, Charlie Cooper, Dante Kincaid, and Matt. If you'd like to join these fine people and support the show and get early access to episodes along with a bunch of bonus content, drop by patreon.com slash Mike J. Langer. That's all for tonight. See you all on the next episode of The Cabinet of Fever Dreams.